section forty two of Essays, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Essays, Book Two by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Apology for Raymond Seban. Part two. Presumption is our natural and original disease. The most wretched and frail of all creatures is man, and withal the proudest. He feels and sees himself lodged here in the dirt and filth of the world nailed and riveted to the worst and deadest part of the universe in the lowest story of the house the most remote from the heavenly arch with animals of the worst condition of the three and yet in his imagination will be placing himself above the circle of the moon and bringing the heavens under his feet tis by the same vanity of imagination that he equals himself to god attributes to himself divine qualities withdraws and separates himself from the crowd of other creatures cuts out the shares of the animals his fellows and companions and distributes to them portions of faculties and force as himself thinks fit how does he know by the strength of his understanding the secret and internal motions of animals from what comparison betwixt them and us does he conclude the stupidity he attributes to them when i play with my cat who knows whether i do not make her more sport than she makes me we mutually divert one another with our play if i have my hour to begin or to refuse she also has hers plato in his picture of the golden age under saturn reckons among the chief advantages that a man then had his communication with beasts of whom inquiring and informing himself he knew the true qualities and differences of them all by which he acquired a very perfect intelligence and prudence and led his life more happily than we could do need we a better proof to condemn human impudence in the concern of beasts this great author was of opinion that nature for the most part in the corporal form she gave them had only regard to the use of prognostics that were derived thence in his time the defect that hinders communication betwixt them and us why may it not be in our part as well as theirs tis yet to determine where the fault lies that we understand not one another for we understand them no more than they do us and by the same reason they may think us to be beasts as we think them 
tis no great wonder if we understand not them when we do not understand a basque or a troglodyte and yet some have boasted that they understood them as apollonius tianeus melampus tiresias thales and others and seeing as cosmographers report that there are nations that have a dog for their king they must of necessity be able to interpret his voice and motions we must observe the parity betwixt us have some tolerable apprehension of their meaning and so have beasts of ours much about the same they caress us threaten us and beg of us and we do the same to them as to the rest we manifestly discover that they have a full and absolute communication amongst themselves and that they perfectly understand one another not only those of the same but of diverse kinds the tamer herds and wilder sort of brutes though we of higher race conclude them mutes yet utter dissonant and various notes from gentler lungs or more distended throats as fear or grief or anger do them move or as they do approach the joys of love in one kind of barking of a dog the horse knows there is anger of another sort of bark he is not afraid even in the very beasts that have no voice at all we easily conclude from the society of offices we observe amongst them some other sort of communication their very motions discover it as infants who for want of words devise expressive motions with their hands and eyes and why not as well as our dumb people dispute argue and tell stories by signs of whom i have seen some by practice so clever and active that way that in fact they wanted nothing of the perfection of making themselves understood lovers are angry reconciled entreat thank appoint and in short speak all things by their eyes even silence in a lover love and passion can discover what with the hands we require promise call dismiss threaten pray supplicate deny refuse interrogate admire number confess repent fear express confusion doubt instruct command incite encourage swear testify accuse condemn absolve abuse despise defy provoke flatter applaud bless submit mock reconcile recommend exalt entertain congratulate complain grieve despair wonder exclaim and what not and all this with a variety and multiplication even emulating speech with the head 
we invite remand confess deny give the lie welcome honor reverence disdain demand rejoice lament reject caress rebuke submit huff encourage threaten assure and inquire what with the eyebrows what with the shoulders there is not a motion that does not speak and in an intelligible language without discipline and a public language that every one understands whence it should follow the variety and use distinguished from others considered that these should rather be judged the property of human nature i omit what necessity particularly does suddenly suggest to those who are in need the alphabets upon the fingers grammars in gesture and the sciences which are only by them exercised and expressed and the nations that pliny reports have no other language an ambassador of the city of abdera after a long conference with aegis king of sparta demanded of him well sir what answer must i return to my fellow-citizens that i have given thee leave said he to say what thou wouldest and as much as thou wouldest without ever speaking a word is not this a silent speaking and very easy to be understood as to the rest what is there in us that we do not see in the operations of animals is there a polity better ordered the offices better distributed and more inviolably observed and maintained than that of bees can we imagine that such and so regular a distribution of employments can be carried on without reasoning and deliberation hence to the bee some sages have assigned some portion of the god and heavenly wind the swallows that we see at the return of the spring searching all the corners of our houses for the most commodious places wherein to build their nest do they seek without judgment and amongst a thousand choose out the most proper for their purpose without discretion and in that elegant and admirable contexture of their buildings can birds rather make choice of a square figure than a round of an obtuse than of a right angle without knowing their properties and effects do they bring water and then clay without knowing that the hardness of the latter grows softer by being wetted do they mat their palace with moss or down without foreseeing that their tender young will lie more safe and easy do they secure themselves from the wet and rainy winds and place their lodgings against the east without knowing the different qualities of the winds and considering that one is more wholesome than another why does the spider make her web tighter in one place and slacker in another why now make one sort of knot 
and then another if she has not deliberation thought and conclusion we sufficiently discover in most of their works how much animals excel us and how unable our art is to imitate them we see nevertheless in our rougher performances that we employ all our faculties and apply the utmost power of our souls why do we not conclude the same of them why should we attribute to i know not what natural and servile inclination the works that excel all we can do by nature and art wherein without being aware we give them a mighty advantage over us in making nature with maternal gentleness and love accompany and learn them as it were by the hand to all the actions and commodities of their life whilst she leaves us to chance and fortune and to seek out by art the things that are necessary to our conservation at the same time denying us the means of being able by any instruction or effort of understanding to arrive at the natural sufficiency of beasts so that their brutish stupidity surpasses in all conveniences all that our divine intelligence can do really at this rate we might with great reason call her an unjust stepmother but it is nothing so our polity is not so irregular and unformed nature has universally cared for all her creatures and there is not one she has not amply furnished with all means necessary for the conservation of its being for the common complaints i hear men make as the license of their opinions one while lifts them up above the clouds and then again depresses them to the antipodes that we are the only animal abandoned naked upon the bare earth tied and bound not having wherewithal to arm and clothe us but by the spoil of others whereas nature has covered all other creatures either with shells husks bark hair wool prickles leather down feathers scales or silk according to the necessities of their being has armed them with talons teeth or horns wherewith to assault and defend and has herself taught them that which is most proper for them to swim to run to fly and sing whereas man neither knows how to walk speak eat or do anything but weep without teaching like to the wretched mariner when tossed by raging seas upon the desert coast the tender babe lies naked on the earth of all supports of life stripped by his birth when nature first presents him to the day freed from the cell wherein before he lay he fills the ambient air with doleful cries foretelling thus life's future miseries but beasts both wild and tame 
greater and less, do of themselves in strength and bulk increase. They need no rattle nor the broken chat, I which the nurse first teaches boys to prate. They look not out for different robes to wear, according to the seasons of the year, and need no arms nor walls their goods to save, since earth and liberal nature ever have, and will, in all abundance, still produce, all things whereof they can have need or use. These complaints are false. There is, in the polity of the world, a greater equality and more uniform relation. Our skins are as sufficient to defend us from the injuries of the weather as theirs are. Witness several nations that yet know not the use of clothes. Our ancient Gauls were but slenderly clad any more than the Irish, our neighbors, though in so cold a climate. But we may better judge of this by ourselves for all those parts that we are pleased to expose to the air are found very able to endure it. The face, the feet, the hands, the arms, the head, according to the various habit. If there be a tender part about us, and that would seem to be in danger from cold, it should be the stomach where the digestion is and yet our forefathers were there always open, and our ladies, as tender and delicate as they are, go sometimes half bare, as low as the navel. Neither is the binding or swathing of infants any more necessary, and the Lacedaemonian mothers brought theirs in all liberty of motion of members without any ligature at all. Our crying is common with the greatest part of other animals, and there are but few creatures that are not observed to groan and bemoan themselves a long time after they come into the world, forasmuch as it is a behavior suitable to the weakness wherein they find themselves. As to the custom of eating, it is in us, as in them, natural and without instruction. For every one soon finds his natural force, which he or better may employ or worse. Who doubts but an infant, arrived to the strength of feeding himself, may make shift to find something to eat? And the earth produces and offers him wherewithal to supply his necessity without other culture and artifice, and if not at all times, no more does she do it to beasts. Witness the provision we see ants and other creatures hoard up against the dead seasons of the year. The late discovered nations, so abundantly furnished with natural meat and drink, without care or without cookery, may give us to understand that bread is not our only food, and that, without tillage, our mother nature has provided us sufficiently of all we stand in need of. Nay, it appears more fully and plentifully than she does at present, now that we have added our own industry.
the earth did first spontaneously afford choice fruits and wines to furnish out the board with herbs and flowers unsown in verdant fields but scarce by art so good a harvest yields though men and oxen mutually have strove with all their utmost force the soil to improve the debauchery and irregularity of our appetites outstrips all the inventions we can contrive to satisfy it as to arms we have more natural ones than than most other animals more various motions of limbs and naturally and without lesson extract more service from them those that are trained to fight naked are seen to throw themselves into the like hazards that we do if some beasts surpass us in this advantage we surpass many others and the industry of fortifying the body and covering it by acquired means we have by instinct and natural precept that it is so the elephant shows who sharpens and whets the teeth he makes use of in war for he has particular ones for that service which he spares and never employs them at all to any other use when bulls go to fight they toss and throw the dust about them boars whet their tusks and the ichneumon when he is about to engage with the crocodile fortifies his body and covers and crusts it all over with close-wrought and well-tempered slime as with a cuirass why shall we not say that it is also natural for us to arm ourselves with wood and iron as to speech it is certain that if it be not natural it is not necessary nevertheless i believe that a child which had been brought up in an absolute solitude remote from all society of men which would be an experiment very hard to make would have some kind of speech to express his meaning by and tis not to be supposed that nature should have denied that to us which she has given to several other animals for what is this faculty we observe in them of complaining rejoicing calling to one another for succor and inviting each other to love which they do with the voice other than speech and why should they not speak to one another they speak to us and we to them in how many several sorts of ways do we speak to our dogs and they answer us we converse with them in another sort of language and use other appellations than we do with birds hogs oxen horses and alter the idiom according to the kind thus from one swarm of ants some sally out to spy another's stock or mark its route lactantius seems to attribute to beasts not only speech but laughter also and the difference of language which is seen amongst us 
according to the difference of countries, is also observed in animals of the same kind. Aristotle, in proof of this, instances the various calls of partridges according to the situation of places. And various birds do from their warbling throats at various times utter quite different notes, and some their hoarse songs with the seasons change. But it is yet to be known what language this child would speak, and of that what is said by guess has no great appearance. If a man will allege to me, in opposition to this opinion, that those who are naturally deaf speak not, I answer that this is not only because they could not receive the instruction of speaking by ear, but rather because the sense of hearing of which they are deprived relates to that of speaking, and that these hold together by a natural and inseparable tie, in such manner that what we speak we must first speak to ourselves within, and make it sound in our own ears before we can utter it to others. All this I have said to prove the resemblance there is in human things, and to bring us back and join us to the crowd. We are neither above nor below the rest. All that is under heaven, says the sage, runs one law and one fortune. All things remain, bound and entangled in one fatal chain. There is indeed some difference there are several orders and degrees, but it is under the aspect of one and the same nature. All things by their own rights proceed and draw towards their ends by nature's certain law. Man must be compelled and restrained within the bounds of this polity. Miserable creature, he is not in a condition really to step over the rail. He is fettered and circumscribed. He is subjected to the same necessity that the other creatures of his rank and order are, and of a very mean condition, without any prerogative of true and real preeminence. That which he attributes to himself by vain fancy and opinion has neither body nor taste. And if it be so that he only of all the animals has this liberty of imagination and irregularity of thoughts, representing to him that which is, that which is not, and that he would have, the false and the true, tis an advantage dearly bought, and of which he has very little reason to be proud. For thence springs the principal and original fountain of all the evils that befall him, sin, sickness, irresolution, affliction, despair. I say, then, to return to my subject, that there is no appearance to induce a man to believe that beasts should 
by a natural and forced inclination do the same things that we do by our choice and industry we ought from like effects to conclude like faculties and from greater effects greater faculties and consequently confess that the same reasoning and the same ways by which we operate are common with them or that they have others that are better why should we imagine this natural constraint in them who experience no such effect in ourselves added that it is more honorable to be guided and obliged to act regularly by a natural and inevitable condition and nearer allied to the divinity than to act regularly by a temerarious and fortuitous liberty and more safe to entrust the reins of our conduct in the hands of nature than our own the vanity of our presumption makes us prefer rather to owe our sufficiency to our own exertions than to her bounty and to enrich the other animals with natural goods and abjure them in their favor in order to honor and ennoble ourselves with goods acquired very foolishly in my opinion for i should as much value parts and virtues naturally and purely my own as those i had begged and obtained from education it is not in our power to obtain a nobler reputation than to be favored of god and nature for instance take the fox the people of thrace make use of when they wish to pass over the ice of some frozen river and turn him out before them to that purpose when we see him lay his ear upon the bank of the river down to the ice to listen if from a more remote or nearer distance he can hear the noise of the water's current and according as he finds by that the ice to be of a less or greater thickness to retire or advance have we not reason to believe thence that the same rational thoughts passed through his head that we should have upon the like occasions and that it is a ratiocination and consequence drawn from natural sense that that which makes a noise runs that which runs is not frozen what is not frozen is liquid and that which is liquid yields to impression for to attribute this to a mere quickness of the sense of hearing without reason and consequence is a chimera that cannot enter into the imagination we are to suppose the same of the many sorts of subtleties and inventions with which beasts secure themselves from and frustrate the enterprises we plot against them and if we will make an advantage even of this that it is in our power to seize them to employ them in our service and to use them at our pleasure tis still but the same advantage we have over one another we have our slaves upon these terms the climacidae 
were not they women in syria who squat on all fours served for a ladder or footstool by which the ladies mounted their coaches and the greatest part of free persons surrender for very trivial conveniences their life and being into the power of another the wives and concubines of the thracians contended who should be chosen to be slain upon their husband's tomb have tyrants ever failed of finding men enough vowed to their devotion some of them moreover adding this necessity of accompanying them in death as well as life whole armies have bound themselves after this manner to their captains the form of the oath in the rude school of gladiators was in these words we swear to suffer ourselves to be chained burnt wounded and killed with the sword and to endure all that true gladiators suffer from their master religiously engaging both body and soul in his service ure meum civis flamma caput et pete ferro corpus et intorto verbere terga seca wound me with steel or burn my head with fire or scourge my shoulders with well-twisted wire this was an obligation indeed and yet there in one year ten thousand entered into it to their destruction when the scythians interred their king they strangled upon his body the most beloved of his concubines his cup-bearer the master of his horse his chamberlain the usher of his chamber and his cook and upon the anniversary thereof they killed fifty horses mounted by fifty pages that they had impaled all up the spine of the back to the throat and there left them fixed in triumph about his tomb the men that serve us do it cheaper and for a less careful and favourable usage than what we treat our hawks horses and dogs withal to what solicitude do we not submit for the conveniences of these i do not think that servants of the most abject condition would willingly do that for their masters that princes think it an honour to do for their beasts diogenes seeing his relations solicitous to redeem him from servitude they are fools said he tis he that keeps and nourishes me that in reality serves me and they who entertain beasts ought rather to be said to serve them than to be served by them and withal in this these have something more generous in that one lion never submitted to another lion nor one horse to another for want of courage as we go to the chase of beasts so do tigers and lions to the chase of men and do the same execution upon one another dogs upon hares pikes upon tench swallows upon grasshoppers 
and sparrow-hawks upon blackbirds and larks. The stork, with snakes and lizards from the wood, and pathless wilds supports her callow brood, while Jove's own eagle, bird of noble blood, scours the wide country for undaunted food, sweeps the swift hare or swifter fawn away, and feeds her nestlings with the generous prey. We divide the quarry, as well as the pains and labour of the chase, with our hawks and hounds. And about Amphipolis in Thrace, the hawkers and wild falcons equally divide the prey in the half. As also along the lake Meotis, if the fisherman does not honestly leave the wolves an equal share of what he has caught, they presently go and tear his nets in pieces. And as we have a way of sporting that is carried on more by subtlety than force, as springing hares, and angling with line and hook, there is also the like amongst other animals. Aristotle says that the cuttlefish casts a gut out of her throat as long as a line, which she extends and draws back at pleasure. And as she perceives some little fish approach her, she lets it nibble upon the end of this gut, lying herself concealed in the sand or mud, and by little and little draws it in, till the little fish is so near her that at one spring she may catch it. As to strength, there is no creature in the world exposed to so many injuries as man. We need not a whale, elephant, or a crocodile, nor any such-like animals, of which one alone is sufficient to dispatch a great number of men to do our business. Lice are sufficient to vacate Scylla's dictatorship, and the heart and life of a great and triumphant emperor is the breakfast of a little contemptible worm. Why should we say that it is only for man, or knowledge built up by art and meditation, to distinguish the things useful for his being and proper for the cure of his diseases, and those which are not, to know the virtues of rhubarb and polypody? When we see the goats of Candia, when wounded with an arrow, among a million of plants, choose out dittany for their cure and the tortoise when she has eaten a viper immediately go out to look for origanum to purge her the dragon to rub and clear his eyes with fennel the storks to give themselves clysters of sea-water the elephants to draw not only out of their own bodies and those of their companions but out of the bodies of their masters, too. Witness the elephant of King Porus, whom Alexander defeated, the darts and javelins thrown at them in battle, and that so dexterously that we ourselves could not do it with so little pain to the patient. Why do we not say 
hear also that this is knowledge and reason for to allege to their disparagement that tis by the sole instruction and dictate of nature that they know all this is not to take from them the dignity of knowledge and reason but with greater force to attribute it to them than to us for the honour of so infallible a mistress chrysippus though in other things as scornful a judge of the condition of animals as any other philosopher whatever considering the motions of a dog who coming to a place where three ways meet either to hunt after his master he has lost or in pursuit of some game that flies before him goes snuffing first in one of the ways and then in another and after having made himself sure of two without finding the trace of what he seeks dashes into the third without examination is forced to confess that this reasoning is in the dog i have traced my master to this place he must of necessity be gone one of these three ways he is not gone this way nor that he must then infallibly be gone this other and that assuring himself by this conclusion he makes no use of his nose in the third way nor ever lays it to the ground but suffers himself to be carried on there by the force of reason this sally purely logical and this use of propositions divided and conjoined and the right enumeration of parts is it not every whit as good that the dog knows all this of himself as well as from trapezuntius animals are not incapable however of being instructed after our method we teach blackbirds ravens pies and parrots to speak and the facility wherewith we see they lend us their voices and render both them and their breath so supple and pliant to be formed and confined within a certain number of letters and syllables does evince that they have a reason within which renders them so docile and willing to learn everybody i believe is glutted with the several sorts of tricks that tumblers teach their dogs the dances where they do not miss any one cadence of the sound they hear the several various motions and leaps they make them perform by the command of a word but i observe this effect with the greatest admiration which nevertheless is very common in the dogs that lead the blind both in the country and in cities i have taken notice how they stop at certain doors where they are wont to receive alms how they avoid the encounter of coaches and carts even there where they have sufficient room to pass i have seen them by the trench of a town forsake a plain and even path and take a worse only to keep their masters further from the ditch how could a man have made this dog understand that it was his office to look to his master's safety only 
and to despise his own conveniency to serve him and how had he the knowledge that a way was wide enough for him that was not so for a blind man can all this be apprehended without ratiocination i must not omit what plutarch says he saw of a dog at rome with the emperor vespasian the father at the theatre of marcellus this dog served a player that played a farce of several parts and personages and had therein his part he had amongst other things to counterfeit himself for some time dead by reason of a certain drug he was supposed to eat after he had swallowed a piece of bread which passed for the drug he began after a while to tremble and stagger as if he was taken giddy at last stretching himself out stiff as if dead he suffered himself to be drawn and dragged from place to place as it was his part to do and afterward when he knew it to be time he began first gently to stir as if awaking out of a profound sleep and lifting up his head looked about him after such a manner as astonished all the spectators the oxen that served in the royal gardens of susa to water them and turn certain great wheels to draw water for that purpose to which buckets were fastened such as there are many in languedoc being ordered every one to draw a hundred turns a day they were so accustomed to this number that it was impossible by any force to make them draw one turn more but their task being performed they would suddenly stop and stand still we are almost men before we can count a hundred and have lately discovered nations that have no knowledge of numbers at all there is more understanding required in the teaching of others than in being taught now setting aside what democritus held and proved that most of the arts we have were taught us by other animals as by the spider to weave and sew by the swallow to build by the swan and nightingale music and by several animals to make medicines aristotle is of opinion that the nightingales teach their young ones to sing and spend a great deal of time and care in it whence it happens that those we bring up in cages and which have not had the time to learn of their parents want much of the grace of their singing we may judge by this that they improve by discipline and study and even amongst the wild it is not all and every one alike every one has learnt to do better or worse according to their capacity and so jealous are they one of another whilst learning that they contention with emulation and by so vigorous a contention that sometimes the vanquished fall dead upon the place the breath rather failing than the voice 
the younger ruminate pensively and begin to mutter some broken notes the disciple listens to the master's lesson and gives the best account he is able they are silent by turns one may hear faults corrected and observe some reprehensions of the teacher i have formerly seen says arian an elephant having a symbol hung at each leg and another fastened to his trunk at the sound of which all the others danced round about him rising and bending at certain cadences as they were guided by the instrument and twas delightful to hear this harmony in the spectacles of rome there were ordinarily seen elephants taught to move and dance to the sound of the voice dances wherein were several changes and cadences very hard to learn and some have been known so intent upon their lesson as privately to practice it by themselves that they might not be chidden nor beaten by their masters but this other story of the pie of which we have plutarch himself for a warrant is very strange she lived in a barber's shop at rome and did wonders in imitating with her voice whatever she heard it happened one day that certain trumpeters stood a good while sounding before the shop after that and all the next day the pie was pensive dumb and melancholic which everybody wondered at and thought the noise of the trumpets had so stupefied and astonished her that her voice was gone with her hearing but they found at last that it was a profound meditation and a retiring into herself her thoughts exercising and preparing her voice to imitate the sound of those trumpets so that the first voice she uttered was perfectly to imitate their strains stops and changes having by this new lesson quitted and taken in disdain all she had learned before i will not omit this other example of a dog also which the same plutarch i am sadly confounding all order but i do not propose arrangement here any more than elsewhere throughout my book which plutarch says he saw on board a ship this dog being puzzled how to get the oil that was in the bottom of a jar which he could not reach with his tongue by reason of the narrow mouth of the vessel went and fetched stones and let them fall into the jar till he made the oil rise so high that he could reach it what is this but an effect of a very subtle capacity tis said that the ravens of barbary do the same when the water they would drink is too low this action is somewhat akin to what juba a king of their nation relates of the elephants that when by the craft of the hunter one of them is trapped in certain deep pits prepared for them and covered over with brush to deceive them all the rest in great diligence bring a great many stones and logs of wood to raise the bottom so that he may get out but this animal 
in several other effects comes so near to human capacity that should i particularly relate all that experience hath delivered to us i should easily have what i usually maintain granted namely that there is more difference betwixt such and such a man than betwixt such a beast and such a man the keeper of an elephant in a private house of syria robbed him every meal of the half of his allowance one day his master would himself feed him and poured the full measure of barley he had ordered for his allowance into his manger which the elephant casting an angry look at the keeper with his trunk separated the one half from the other and thrust it aside by that declaring the wrong was done him and another having a keeper that mixed stones with his corn to make up the measure came to the pot where he was boiling meat for his own dinner and filled it with ashes these are particular effects but that which all the world has seen and all the world knows that in all the armies of the levant one of the greatest force consisted in elephants with whom they did without comparison much greater execution than we now do with our artillery which takes pretty nearly their place in a day of battle as may easily be supposed by such as are well read in ancient history the sires of these huge animals were wont the carthaginian hannibal to mount our leaders also did these beasts bestride and mounted thus pyrrhus his foes defied nay more upon their backs they used to bear castles with armed cohorts to the war they must necessarily have very confidently relied upon the fidelity and understanding of these beasts when they entrusted them with the vanguard of a battle where the least stop they should have made by reason of the bulk and heaviness of their bodies and the least fright that should have made them face about upon their own people had been enough to spoil all and there are but few examples where it has happened that they have fallen foul upon their own troops whereas we ourselves break into our own battalions and rout one another they had the charge not of one simple movement only but of many several things to be performed in the battle as the spaniards did to their dogs in their new conquest of the indies to whom they gave pay and allowed them a share in the spoil and those animals showed as much dexterity and judgment in pursuing the victory and stopping the pursuit in charging and retiring as occasion required and in distinguishing their friends from their enemies as they did ardor and fierceness we more admire and value things that are unusual and strange than those of ordinary observation i had not else so long insisted upon these examples for i believe whoever shall strictly observe 
what we ordinarily see in those animals we have amongst us may there find as wonderful effects as those we seek in remote countries and ages tis one and the same nature that rolls on her course and whoever has sufficiently considered the present state of things might certainly conclude as to both the future and the past i have formerly seen men brought hither by sea from very distant countries whose language not being understood by us and moreover their mean countenance and habit being quite differing from ours which of us did not repute them savages and brutes who did not attribute it to stupidity and want of common sense to see them mute ignorant of the french tongue ignorant of our salutations and cringes our port and behaviour from which all human nature must by all means take its pattern and example all that seems strange to us and that we do not understand we condemn the same thing happens also in the judgments we make of beasts they have several conditions like to ours from those we may by comparison draw some conjecture but by those qualities that are particular to themselves what know we what to make of them the horses dogs oxen sheep birds and most of the animals that live amongst us know our voices and suffer themselves to be governed by them so did crassus's lamprey and came when he called it as also do the eels that are found in the lake arethusia and i have seen several ponds where the fishes come to eat at a certain call of those who used to feed them they every one have names and one and all straightway appear at their own master's call we may judge of that we may also say that the elephants have some participation of religion forasmuch as after several washings and purifications they are observed to lift up their trunk like arms and fixing their eyes towards the rising of the sun continue long in meditation and contemplation at certain hours of the days of their own motion without instruction or precept but because we do not see any such signs in other animals we cannot for that conclude that they are without religion nor make any judgment of what is concealed from us as we discern something in this action which the philosopher cleanthes took notice of because it something resembles our own he saw he says ants go from their anthill carrying the dead body of an ant towards another anthill whence several other ants came out to meet them as if to speak with them where after having been a while together the last returned to consult you may suppose with their fellow-citizens and so made two or three journeys by reason of the difficulty of capitulation in the conclusion 
the last comers brought the first a worm out of their burrow as it were for the ransom of the defunct which the first laid upon their backs and carried home leaving the dead body to the others this was the interpretation that cleanthes gave of this transaction giving us by that to understand that those creatures that have no voice are not nevertheless without intercourse and mutual communication whereof tis through our own defect that we do not participate and for that reason foolishly take upon us to pass our censure but they yet produce either effects far beyond our capacity to which we are so far from being able to arrive by imitation that we cannot so much as by imitation conceive it many are of opinion that in the great and last naval engagement that antony lost to augustus his admiral galley was stayed in the middle of her course by the little fish the latins call remora by reason of the property she has of staying all sorts of vessels to which she fastens herself and the emperor caligula sailing with a great navy upon the coast of romania his galley only was suddenly stayed by the same fish which he caused to be taken fastened as it was to the keel of his ship very angry that such a little animal could resist both the sea the wind and the force of all his oars by being only fastened by the beak to his galley for it is a shellfish and was moreover not without great reason astonished that being brought to him in the vessel it had no longer the strength it had without a citizen of cusicus formerly acquired the reputation of a good mathematician for having learnt the quality of the hedgehog he has his burrow open in diverse places and to several winds and foreseeing the wind that is to come stops the hole on that side which that citizen observing gave the city certain predictions of the wind which was presently to blow the chameleon takes her colour from the place upon which she is laid but the polypus gives himself what colour he pleases according to occasion either to conceal himself from what he fears or from what he has a design to seize in the chameleon tis a passive but in the polypus tis an active change we have some changes of colour as in fear anger shame and other passions that alter our complexions but it is by the effect of suffering as with the chameleon it is in the power of the jaundice indeed to make us turn yellow but tis not in the power of our own will now these effects that we discover in other animals much greater than ours seem to imply some more excellent faculty in them unknown to us as tis to be presumed there are several other qualities and abilities of theirs 
of which no appearances have arrived at us. End of section 42